Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Supported by The Gelded End, the number one Leeds United memorabilia site. Visit thegeldedend.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Like some sort of broadcasting tidal wave, we are back for part two of Podcast 61. It's the Square Ball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our retrospective, part one of this two-parter that we recorded yesterday. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to that first. It will make more sense. Uh, we spent a lot of time actually listening back to it. Not pleasant listening for the Warnock family, really. Paddy Kenny was very upset, as was Brownie. Uh, we went quite heavy on Warnock. I mean, is there, is there more that we can possibly... Last night was before we'd seen the extracts from his book it's like he's right it's like he's given us this as a gift yeah once a day he's like oh i'll do a little something for the square ball lads he'll love me up there you can't but, fault the lads yeah. you can't fault their effort well not the <laughs> that keeps giving lovely when is his book signing saturday lunchtime yeah there? he's on at meadow hall uh, oh, is he, in, is in sheffield doing a book signing in waterstone so. i thought he was coming to leeds this weekend as well is he i think there's there is talk that he is actually has well that makes a change doesn't it eh? even i'm pretty sure that even David O'Leary never had the the gall to try and organise a book signing in Leeds. They, oh, they love me there. I never go anywhere near the place, but they love me there. Where is it? <laughs> oh, I'm expecting a great reception. Well, anyway, the reason we talk about Warnock is because... We hate him. In this podcast, yesterday was a bit of a retrospective. Part one was a retrospective. This is part two. We're now going to try and look forward and examine things going forward into next season. And the future is Brian McDermott. We spoke a little bit about him yesterday, so he's already identifying players that he seems to want to bring in. If the internet is to be believed, we're looking at the likes of Matt Mills, Noel Hunt. Your thoughts on those then? He's not yet distinguished himself from previous managers in looking at players he'd like to bring in. They've all done that. It's bringing them in will be the next thing. But Matt Mills, yeah, he's been terrible for the last couple of seasons. Tall, very expensive. Noel Hunt, his name rhymes with a popular nickname for Neil Warnock, so it's like we won't even have to change... The vocabulary too much, so I think it's good. He's kind of he's, he's blending things forward, but not getting not getting my expectations up too high because I still have that lingering lingering. I can't. I won't say the, the name of his predecessor, but it's still lingering. I've spoken to a couple of Bolton fans who say Mills. Well, from the description, it sounds very much like Mikulik in that he's a very tall man who doesn't jump and doesn't really win any headers. I miss Mikulik. Is is it Carlisle still? I don't know what happened to him. I noticed Matt Heath got let go by um, still do a job. the club down south. I think he would, might have won player of the year and they let him go. You can tell we haven't podcasted for a while because on the last one we did talk about Mikulik. What did we say about him? He is in Kazakhstan, I believe. Oh God, of course or is it he Azerbaijan, is. one of the two. It's somewhere, Resist. somewhere where they can probably pronounce his name. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not completely sure about him. A couple of years ago, I would have said he was looked like a great signing. Well, it was that not uh, five million pounds. Well, no, oh Christ, no. Well, that was it. It was the five million to Leicester, and I think there was some kind of that caused waves when everyone was like, kind of, whoa, that five million for like a 
a, a decent player at this level, that's that's going to make things difficult. And then everyone realised it was actually just Leicester going absolutely crazy and spending a ridiculous amount of money on the probably just could have got Mikulik. The Sven effect. And then you had a fallout with Pearson, which Pearson says has to do with quite a lot of his players. Yes. Because you get a sense though that McDermott's a bit different from that. He's quite cuddly and together and oneness. They'll and snog it out. Unity and I think a lot of it's probably lazy paper talk because you, you get this every summer where ex-manager looks at old players and I, you wonder how much of it is actually there's any truth and it's just like at the moment you see every ever decent Everton player being linked with Scum and you see every good Wigan player being linked with Everton and it's just what papers do. And Dean Hart being linked with Leeds. <laughs> I do quite like the way the uh, the Noel Hunt ones being. Uh, talked about because it's basically been talked about as a done deal because they weren't just manager and player they were friends and this summer in a couple of weeks Brian McDermott is going to Noel Hunt's wedding in Ireland and the way all the papers are talking is he's going with a contract and they'll sort it out it's like sign have you signed the uh, the marriage register right well if you could just sign with Leeds United as well and it'd be like yeah what looking back on that glorious day what was the best part of your wedding Noel is it well actually the contract with Leeds Sorry, he's not love. McDermott's brownie is he, he did, well, there is a certain element of with that looking back where it's like oh he's bringing in uh, he's bringing in because um, Clint Hill would be um, he's even going on about, about we're back to Warnock again but he was saying <laughs> he's, he was saying something like oh even uh, even Barcelona would need a Clint Hill he was saying that on the radio and he would have loved to have Clint Hill at Leeds but um no chance. And then, yeah, Matt Mills is kind of, he's coming because he worked really well. Brian McDermott got the best out of him and he's not done well since. And then Noel Hunt's his mate who can play, you know, he's he's getting on a little bit, but he'll give his all for, for Macca. And then the other ones, who else have we been linked with? Ian Hart, he's, he's, they've all kind of said um, that's not going to happen. But um, yeah, there is an element of that. But like you say, it's, it's just some journalists trying to, kick up some noise and I think someone like Mills there will be a fee involved which given the, possibly a million pounds yeah which given the way our finances probably are we don't know no one really knows no one's the way things say. appear yeah we seem quite poor still so I think maybe Noel Hunt is more likely than Matt Mills because <laughs> he's free and owes him a favour yeah because yeah. depending on the quality of toaster McDermott buys him <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got him a raclette I don't even know what a raclette is it's a thing that melts cheese a is what? It? What? Do you, isn't that just like? Isn't that a lighter? As long as you take the plastic off, <laughs> off the cheese. I mean, you could almost argue after the stellar um, end to the season that we had, where we we won two and well, we'll forget about. Oh no, we won three. I was I failed to count Watford as a win because it seemed so strange and it didn't really seem so. It won two, lost two, and played Watford. It was more like a big practical joke. Yes. <laughs> Because the difference between Derby at home and then Sheffield Wednesday at home was night and day, and then Burnley was just like watching a completely different team. It's bizarre because there obviously wasn't time for McDermott to come in and and read all his tactical knowledge through and go through his UEFA um, coaching licenses coursework and show them what's what, but just by managing to say. You midfielders who can't, who aren't particularly quick and can't cross. How about instead of playing down the wing, we all play in the middle and you pass it about a bit and suddenly we had a team. And so. And little the, things as well, like saying to Paddy Kenny, there's the people who are stood near to you. If you try and give the ball to them, it's more likely to, to go to them. Right. Yes. If you try and hit Luke Varney on the head from 80 yards away. And they could then in turn do what you've just done and mm. try and give it to someone else who plays yeah, on yeah. our team who's yeah, like close a, to them. Yeah, they'd be nearer. And keep doing that until you get to the other end of the pitch and then maybe put it in the net. Who who would he say that to? Uh, Varney, I suppose. Yeah, this is where the plan falls down, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? But at least we're getting it nearer. We're getting nearer the, nearer the goal with the ball. And that's nine-tenths of footballers, I believe. Uh, As um, the old saying goes. Yes. <laughs> but he, he did. And it's kind of rough that he came in um, at the end of the season and gave us a look at what we could have next season because then he now has got this kind of summer of us kind of fading memories and getting increasingly cynical as the signings don't come in and blah blah so his his kind of early wave of optimism has dimmed a little bit because I've, I've already seen when he did an interview this week uh, about getting in targets that he's looking for a few reactions to like oh same old same old we've heard all this before it's like I was saying you know he's looked at some players 
not signed any players yet and starting to get a little bit antsy like that. Whereas, you know, so that initial kind of new manager bump has kind of, uh, that's been pissed up the wall now. So he's going to have to actually hit Slovenia pretty hard. Is it not a case that nature abhors a vacuum, so it's being filled with panic and worry uh, based on the last eight years or so in debate? Yeah, and I think we are still, well, it's difficult to tell whether it's that or whether it is, because you do look around other clubs in the championship and other clubs are yet again already doing stuff while we do seem to be just, we release some training wear. Exciting. The website's down, but, but you, you can get to the, the shops. Shops down, but you can get to the, the online catalogue. Just yeah, you can look at some pictures. Yeah. Just f- fill in a mail order form. So, th- so that stuff's going on, but other teams are signing players for money again. And it does seem like our, our recurring curse that every summer we watch other teams signing players for money and we think, nope. Stay calm. Don't worry. We're bound to get into the, uh, we'll get in the action soon. We're going to get involved. Just biding our time. Don't want to, don't want to spend too early. On, to- on the plus side, at the end of last year, he did get performances out of those same crap players yeah. that we'd had all year and we'd kind of written off. Like even, you said even Varney appeared to be happy that he'd come in. I don't care if Varney's happy or not. But, but then you think, well, maybe it was, maybe it was Warnock's fault that Varney was unhappy because he was, his worst performances for us. We're playing on the left wing, which he's not. He's clearly not a left winger. I can so. certainly say it was at least in part Varney's fault that I was unhappy net last season. <laughs> that that much is true. <laughs> I think he's got a point there because you think you know McCormack playing uh, out wide, White on the right wing, Varney on the left wing. Mm. All these square pegs, Michael in round- Brown in central midfield. Yes, yeah. all these square uh, square pegs in round holes, being told to ping the ball forward in a, in a manner that didn't really suit the players that were there. I think with Varney, it's just the shape of his head. It's almost a lo- it's a lost cause. But it sort of tapers to a point. <laughs> it's like a, a, a pear. If you've got a misshapen pear. And I don't know what McDermott can do about that. Maybe set about his face with a hammer over the summer or something. So that could be his. Or make him wear a hat. Because it's the pointy bit at the top. It looks like if you put... You could put... Well, a, it could put a white pointy hood on him, you, you could put No, no, you could put a propeller on the point of Varney's head and he'd probably be even better in the air. He could... Like little, yeah, like but a little the helicopter air, we, we, as we said yesterday, that the Harlem Globetrotters thing is over now. We're not doing that anymore. Keeping, yeah, but even the Harlem... We're keeping Glo- it on the ground. Even the Harlem Globetrotters never had a helicopter-powered um, forward. What do they call them in... Netball, is it points people? I don't know. Whatever they did. I've given up on Luke Varney, but, um, he's willing to, uh, he's willing to do good, his best uh, with the rest of them. It could make a good replacement inspector gadget. Yes, he yeah. could. He's into his last 12 months of his contract as well, so. Varney. He might be off, yeah. You only signed a two year deal, do you? Probably all, all we could afford for the new yeah. Snodgrass. There were signs of, of enjoyment on the pitch and in the stands, and that was something new in the last five games, so. We can look forward to more of that. And he got Reading promoted. And in the last, in the last five games, we, we beat a few teams and we should possibly have beaten Brighton or certainly at least got a draw yeah. if it wasn't for the cock gate situation. <laughs> and we never beat Birmingham, so that was a write-off from the start. Yeah, but yeah. you know, beating Watford, Sheffield Wednesday, Yorkshire Derby, we don't win them. Burnley at home, fair enough. You would have expected him to win that, but I would hope that Charlie Austin didn't play. That was certainly well, a factor. Yeah, but you look at the rest of those fixtures and against... Put it this way, had Warnock stayed in charge, I think there's a very real chance we would have gone down. Yeah. Looking at the way the league finished, because I, I don't think we would have beaten, certainly wouldn't have beaten Sheffield Wednesday and Burnley. No. And the Burnley game um, was really, really good. A really, really good performance. And to the point where me and Oddie actually watched some of the second half. Yeah. We weren't completely demoralised by the first 45 minutes and did actually, without mumbling or groaning or moaning, think, have a, have a little bit more of this. All right then, um, players-wise, team-wise, recruitment-wise, what do we need? Better in order, ones. In order to be better than we are. Better players. Better players. In what players. areas of the pitch? Wing-wide areas. Yes. <laughs> we bad, I think we, we badly need width and pace, mm. and that doesn't include Eddie White on the right wing. <laughs> Eddie White on the left wing, is that allowable? No, he's a left-back. But um, He's better on the left wing than the right wing. Are we but... stockpiling left-backs until we finally <laughs> get a decent one? <laughs> Well, that's why Ian Hart's not coming. McDermott said he's happy to work with all the left-backs of the club and uh, the Evening Post reports that uh, we got Stephen Warnock, although he did play Adam Grory towards the end of the season, and um, A.D. White is an option, <laughs> if he has to. 
Ideally, we need a player like Gradle, a player like Snodgrass, and a player like Becchio. You could tuck Houston in the hole as well. Yeah. If we could rewind a couple of years, we've actually got an all right team. Do you think we can raise the four million quid for Bradley Johnson that Swansea are offering? Yeah, I think that's the thing. We don't want to look at players we've had before. We just need to look for the next version of players. Like when people are saying, oh, you might get LaFondra, he keeps being linked, but we can't afford him. And at the moment, having had a year in the Premiership and done quite well, he'll be wanting 20 grand a week or something. What we should be looking for is LaFondra 2.0, who's... (laughs) scored some goals for Rotherham and is available for 200 grand and wants seven grand a week. Yeah. And is this where McDermott's background in scouting comes into it? I think people are putting a lot into that, aren't they? There's a lot of stock being placed in that, that he knows the system, as it were, and he's got a really good eye for a player. Yes. Good. Well, that's, <laughs> that's that sorted then. I mean, Warnock used to do quite a lot of scouting, but he'd mainly done it during training sessions at previous clubs. Yeah. And that seems to be the entire uh, list of players he went off. Yeah, it was. Oh, I've got my two thousand and six seven training notes here. You get the feeling, yeah. You get the feeling with McDermott that watching another team play football is not going to be like an interruption to his day. It's not like it's not going to be a trial for him. It's like, oh, we've got a DVD of this amazing new talent, but you're going to have to watch a well, Austrian look, Division listen, Three match. Like, oh listen. God, oh my! You can't. No, can't no, no, Ronnie no. watch it. Right. Oh, because I've got to. We, me and the kids would. I was promised Sharon They've got to go them. out. They've got to go out patrolling the grass verges of Britain's yes. highways to make <laughs> sure. Daffodils are getting stolen out there. there. Are no flowers being lifted by ladies. Whereas McDermott doesn't care. Don't care about no flowers. He's just. He's all about the. Uh, he's a man's man. He's sit there watching DVDs of football, drinking, carling. Um, until he passes out, and then he. And I'm then not sure what you got. We've not mentioned him playing guitar. Oh, no, we haven't mentioned him playing guitar, have we? He was playing guitar, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And singing. <laughs> and singing. Not bad, actually. Yeah, it was perfectly reasonable. I don't know. I don't know under what circumstances. Because he, he was playing Knocking on Heaven's Door, wasn't mm. he? I don't know under what circumstances that was the entertainment that night down the social club. But um, was he singing to Ken? <laughs> Ken will have nothing less than the four tenors. We, we know that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if, if, if he wants to, uh, if he's willing to get up and do a little bit of a sing song. The only thing with that is I noticed that the, uh, he stopped. The, the song didn't end with like a big ending. Whoever was comparing the night tried to put one of those comedy Guinness hats on his head and he kind of went, don't put a hat on me. And then uh, the song was almost finished anyway. And he's got like, well, that's the end of the song. And it was all instead of being like, Wow, that was amazing. Brian McDermott, it was all like, well, I don't know why I tried to put that heart on him. I think he might have upset upset Brian. With better. Is anyone going to say anything? You're not, are you a bit funny about hats? <laughs> well, I mean, Simon Grayson used to wear a magic hat and I was absolutely fine with everybody, but maybe his, uh, his bald head is the, if the Guinness hat had gone on, he'd no longer be able to contact Moonbase Alpha. Back on planet Earth, <laughs> looking at the other options, we dodged a bullet. With Mark Hughes, didn't we, anyway? Are we already looking to sack McDermott? No. <laughs> who else is available? The people who we could have got. We I mean, could have there was a certain sense of being underwhelmed when McDermott was first mm. appointed, wasn't there? I think, if we're being entirely honest. However, people, as soon as they heard him and heard what he had to say in his plans, you think, this man it could be a good fit for yeah. our club. But some of the other names that were being banded around, as I mentioned, Mark Hughes, no thanks. I think everyone had the Gus Poyer knickers on, didn't they? Decanio. Decanio would have made it very difficult for those of us who don't particularly like fascists. fascists. Um, <laughs> Mark Hughes would have made it even more difficult for those of us who don't particularly like scumbags. I don't know what it says about me, but I think I'd have rather had Decanio than Hughes. Yeah, I know. I'm exactly the same. <laughs> Which is a bit awkward, really. If Decanio rolls up... It says a lot about your value system, yeah. doesn't it? Decanio rolls up, you've got a decision to make. Mark Hughes rolls up, there's no, no decision. decision. <laughs> fascists can change. Hughes can't. He is what he is. <laughs> and Gus Poyet sounded great, but I think the way it all ended up Brighton with the uh, the Poogate emails and um, and everything, I think people have kind of gone, oh, actually, he's a bit weird. And then it's uh, is it Vicente who mm. called him like the, the the worst, most arrogant um, manager, well, man he's ever encountered in football. Which I'd always assumed Dennis Wise would have been a shoe in for that role. So the two of them together must have been explosive. Could have got Adkins as well with his management consultant speak. There were a lot of people who were disappointed that we didn't get it. I was a bit yeah. at the time, because he seemed like, on paper, he did seem a very good candidate. And he probably would have done an all right job. However, his interviews are just a bit... Yeah. You've got to <sighs> compare McDermott, gets the guitar out, sings a bit of uh, 
knocking on Evan's door. That's a good laugh. Everyone's having a drink. Adkins. PowerPoint. Reciting poetry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not so much that he recited poetry, it's, he's got, it's his smug scouse face. And it was a shit poem as well. <laughs> he's obviously recited it into the mirror. And it's the way he was maintaining eye contact as well. And the way it was all just a question about whether he had any doubts. And he's like, no, I have no doubts. I mean, everybody has doubts. Every normal human has doubts, right? Right? Never. Never. <laughs> but he, he's like, yeah. And yeah, and he ended, he's like, I'm sleeping fine, actually. Yeah. So of greater importance, perhaps, than anything else, is the financial situation at the club. And do we find ourselves in the midst of another takeover? It's hard to know exactly what's going on with such silence, isn't it? The, the general state of play with GFH Capital. So takeover, but they're doing it a percentage at a time. <laughs> yes. They've they've taken all the uh, assets of Leeds United and Leeds United Holdings or whatever it's all called now and taken it to the bank and they've had it all changed into pennies. And now they're just driving around the Middle East, just distributing the pennies to anybody they meet who looks like they want a penny. But do you want a penny? It's like, yeah, I'll have a penny. He's like, well, actually, why don't you have three hundred thousand, three hundred and thirty thousand, three thousand and three? Right, you're three. attempting to get into this. That Salah whatever three point three three percent in pennies is. Salanu Rudin has his. Uh... It does seem a bit like they're maybe going down the route of, you know, when people own a greyhound between about 100 <laughs> yeah. people and they all put eight quid in. Yeah. And when it wins, the email will go around and it'll say, it won. We're rich. We'll divide it up and we'll let you know how much you got. And then you've each got like two quid. <laughs> you've got your penny back. Yeah. GFH are still here with 86.67% of Leeds United Football Club. Just enough that. Yeah. They're gradually getting rid. <laughs> Um, IIB, International Investment Bank, own 10%, and Salah Nuruddin, who we just mentioned then, owns 3.33%. Oh, a esteemed vice chairman. No he is now the vice chairman. Now, this is interesting. This what's happened this last week. The, the story has dripped out of uh, Leeds United that um, there's perhaps been an act of nepotism. The, the son of a business associate, he's insisted on having him on trial at, at Thorpe Arch, and not only that, apparently insisted on him being given a deal which has been rejected. Didn't Susanna do this? Didn't she used to grab... Maltese boys. Maltese it? boys. Yeah. They'd been cleaning the pool or whatever. And do you remember... So the, he looks good in shorts. It was Ray. There was, there's some weird stuff like that going on over the years. With, do you remember the, the tie-up with that Argentinian club? Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to get lots of like Argentinian boys coming over and never saw a single one. Unless, I mean, I hope they didn't all get to the airport and then are now living in back rooms in uh... I believe that was demystified and apparently it was just some business associate or Monaco associate of Ken Bates mm. who happened to be in the same casino or something like that who was in some way involved in a South American club and that's where it all came from but wasn't it announced on our official website yes there were even the names of a couple of players were yeah. put around who were meant to be coming yeah. and then never showed up or showed up and then quietly left I mean I'm sure it's not unusual that in the non-playing world of football, the executives kind of go, oh, his, his lad's uh, he hasn't got much to do this summer. Uh, is he, are we going to get him a job washing cars? Or uh, tell you what, go, doesn't uh, doesn't Salah, and he got something to do with the football club? Look at Darren Ferguson at Scum. Yes, exactly. Was in their youth team for far beyond when he should have been, you would think. But I think once, um, once the kid has been given his trial and he gets to play at being at a football club for a couple of couple of weeks and then it finds out that actually he's not any good that's the point at which no matter how rich his daddy might be or how many favors our vice chairman might owe his daddy he has to just go home at that point and stop mithering richard naylor well you say no matter how rich he is <laughs> if he <laughs> if he gives us like a hundred million pounds for players his son can basically do what he fucking wants. Well, that's the... Are we getting into, the, we get into the Gaddafi Perugia situation? <laughs> we can have a, he can have a statue if he wants. Well, that's, that's one of the uh, one of the genuine concerns I have with, with this and with GFHC's tactic of selling off little bits, what they call attracting investment. But it is, it does feel more like, like having a greyhound or a racehorse and just selling off little bits of it. I mean, this guy's come in and become vice chairman at 3.33%. So, and it is like, that's like, we're talking 300 grand. Are we? For if it was two and a half million for ten percent, 
Is it six hundred grand then? It's not a right well, lot of money to become. To clear, just to clear this up for the listener, um, IIB. I, I can't do maths. Yeah, IIB put in um, two point five million for their ten yes. percent, which values the business at twenty five million. Right. So what's one percent? Two hundred fifty thousand. Yes. Yeah. So he's paid like seven hundred and fifty thousand and a bit. Let's call it eight hundred grand. Right. To become vice chairman, and the, all that we know about him that he's done is he's then tried to get his mate's kid a deal. And that's it. And now apparently the word is he's not going to be, he he was in line to become chairman, but he's not anymore because they've had a, a falling out. And it is a bit of a worry because they're going around saying, do you want to invest in this football club? And the going rate seems to be 800k or get your vice chairmanship and then just bring some boys to the academy and basically do Even what you if, want. We've got no, they don't know, fo- the guy doesn't seem to know anything. We don't know if he knows anything about that, football. That's, that's the problem, isn't it? Is that even if it, this does go on, it's a bit unseemly and it does imply a naivety about the football business that is worrying. It implies fucking stupidity, what it is, what it implies. Never mind naivety is being polite. And if 3.3% is the kind of chunk that's been sent. What's how many threes are in a hundred? There's there's three there's about, three and a bit in about ten, 33. isn't there? Right, so we're going to end up with thirty three of these fuckers, all with their thirty three mates' sons, and that's, just that's three like, oh, you know, there, well, yeah, exactly. The woman said, oh, well, you know, I've got to, I've got to. It'll be like a clamour of voices, and oh, I've got a good idea. Well, I've I've redesigned the badge. I think the badge would look better if we uh, if we put like some. Uh, uh, pigeons on it is like, oh no, well, we can't have a pigeon. Uh, <laughs> pigeons offend me and I, I don't want it. Well, who are you? He said, well, I just bought 3% off that guy. Well, that means you've only got half of his, you've got 3% of his, his stake. Well, he told me it was worth this much. Well, who did you buy that off? Well, I don't know. I've not met him before. I met him at a casino. He had a white beard and a little man with glasses next to him. And then, and it just ends up with everybody just reselling it and you've got to end, they're just going to grow and grow and grow and There's grow. Like some bizarre pyramid recruitment scheme yeah. or something. <laughs> Well, you said pyramid scheme, yes. not me. <laughs> if you do read up on GFH, uh, Ponzi, it's a Ponzi, it's not a pyramid. It's a slightly, it's a subtly different model. I mean, it's one way of filling up the East Stand is just to fill it with people who think they own a bit of the club and yeah. get to just like, what about a, what about a gold kit? There's the 3.3%. Is that money that's been invested been used to repay? The guy who put in two point five million, <laughs> and now wants his money back. Yeah. Let's just just draw a line under that for a second, and just ask: Do you have faith in GFH to a see the job out if they are sticking around, or b deliver us into better hands? I don't in either case. Deliver us into many hands. Yeah, what they seem to be doing. The problem, many hands make light work. The problem is nobody too many cooks to spoil the broth. Too many, <laughs> too many cooks are going to ruin this soup, and. Nobody really has ever got to the bottom yet of who GFH Capital are, because as we've seen with the uh, case of Salem Patel. Can I just say how much I enjoy you calling him Salem when it's, it's Salim? I don't know who the, what these people are called. <laughs> I mean... David Haig. <laughs> <laughs> David Sommer. Mike Groller. It's always been a difficulty for me. It's like Carousel Carousel. I'm just, there's some things I have a blank spot about. Anyway... <laughs> We we don't even have to remember his name anymore because he's gone, apparently. So the people that we thought were GFH, one of them's disappeared. One of them said three words at the uh, McDermott press conference and then s- switched <laughs> off like a malfunctioning robot. Hisham al Reyes, is that all right? Fine by me, yeah. He seems to, he's just never been bothered since day one. And everyone's assumed, it's strange how the, the assumptions have kind of shifted with these characters. Because they're not GFH, they're representatives. They are like Butlin's redcoats on, on GFH's behalf. And I was like, well, mm, this David Hay seems a bit of a, seems a bit of a thick posh boy. But that, uh, that Salem Patel brains behind the operation now he's disappeared it's like well you never he's hear been disappeared <laughs> you, you never hear much from that uh al reyes guy and i bet i bet he keeps quiet because he's smart but he's never said anything about leeds united so it is actually just the cornish guy from manchester via beeston who feels he still has to go in the papers and say hey oop i uh i was born in old old beck old beck Old, old, old back. East Town. In a... <laughs> born, born in Beeston, uh, in, in Tin Bath, and loved watching, uh, Gordon McQueen. And, uh... It's a bit like the old Tony Blair thing where he said he remembered as a kid being stood on the 
Gallowgate end and all this, and then it, yeah. watching Jackie Milburn, and then it turned out the dates didn't add up. And you <laughs> thought, all oh, right, you've just made that up. Exactly. And it's inconsequential, really, where David Haig was born, um, how his name is pronounced. Salford, as it turns out. Salford, as it turns out, but who cares? You know, some lovely people come from Salford. Not Most of them have been in the fall over the years, but apart from that, um, there aren't many. Has David Haig ever been in the fall? That would be that would be some dirt. We found out that he once was guitarist. Um, the the fact that he feels the need to en- engage PR companies to get him these stories in newspapers, presenting himself as a um, you know, with his Carlton Palmer posters on the wall and his collection of uh, of old programs. It's just, it's not that. But he is gonna, he's gonna be the uh, owl fancying Tory boy that we're left with, who knows nothing about football, and seems to be just overseeing a gradual sell-off of our club to a bunch of self-interested people who also know nothing about football but think it's going to be a quick, easy profit, which it is not. Because they, they, they keep calling it investment. I, I be put in two and a half million pounds investment, and I'm not seeing anything. That that investment has been spent on apart well, from it's been just, plugging gaps, hasn't it? Yes, yeah. paying the wages. That's not the kind of investment I think we wanted from. Which from are one and a half million pounds a month. Well, the thing it. is, we have nothing less to sell, mm. which is what Ken's been doing for the past five years. Apart from bits of an imaginary football club, <laughs> and it, Sam Byram, and yeah. trials. David Haig does but, strike me as a bit of a uh, an apprentice character. Yeah. He's just trying his best. And every now and then, uh, Mr. Main Man at GFH Jahani is going to come down and go. You're fired. That's where Salem's gone, isn't it? Listen, quick word on Steve Parkin then, because we need to move on from this topic. Um, we know there's a bid on the table. It's all gone far too quiet for comfort, but mm. there are one or two rumblings that maybe it's not over, but we, we just don't know, do we? But would you like to see Steve Parkin in charge? I'd probably take it over what we've got now, because I think um, he may do a good job, he may do a bad job. I, I think he's probably going to do more of an actual job. Like the club at heart, rather than himself. Yeah, I think it would be about running a football club rather than trying to sell off. Ridsdale, Claxon, Ridsdale, Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'd love to be owned by a man as well. Someone said, who owns Leeds United? Steve Parkin. Steve Parkin, whereas, Mm. well, they're owned by them who are a subsidiary of them who are based in the Bahamas, who are based in the Cayman Islands, who are based in Dubai, who are based in anything. Why can't we just be owned by a man? I think the problem with... In a uh, mill. I think he's going to come up with any bid and I wonder if it's put the skates on... The parking bid, because it went quiet around the same time as it was formally announced that um, Ken Bates's presidency is going to be three years. Because up until that point, it, nobody was sure. They kept saying, oh, because it was announced as lifetime first. And then it was, oh, it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be lifetime president. And then it is. It's going to be president for three years. And I think that, that smacks of, of a renegotiation, doesn't it? Well, yes. But I also, it also smacks of anybody who wanted to buy the club, especially somebody who has perhaps tried to buy it off of Ken Bates during Ken Bates's ownership or fake non-ownership or whatever it was for most of the time, then goes, all right, he's going to be president for three... Right, I'll see you in three years then. At 82, three-year presidency, <laughs> life presidency, splitting hairs, really. Well, <laughs> even so, there's obviously some kind of signed piece of paper. They can't say Bates is not involved anymore because there is a contractual reason why he is president of the football club for the next three years or president of the of the board or, or the holding company or whatever it is he's president of. He's involved for the next three years. And given that he was a reason why a lot of people didn't want to bid over the last eight years and just didn't want to get into it, um, I think he's still going to be a reason. Lots of people just go, well, you guys, David, hey, you're nice. You're really nice. You're lovely. I really enjoyed talking to you. But can I speak to whoever it is is in charge, please? Well, one thing that we can say that... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They've done that's right is lower the season ticket prices and they've also introduced tiered membership. So membership hasn't become cheaper per se, but there are cheaper options. Yes, that nobody wants. Well, they're useful if you want to buy maybe a couple of, uh, you know, home game tickets with priority or whatever. You know, the, at least there is an option for you if you don't want to go the full mashings and you just want to buy home tickets or feel a part of the club even because some people do. You know, it's easier to shout out 20 quid than 40, isn't it? They seem a nice option for people who maybe live locally and will buy family tickets for four games a year or something, which is the kind of casual fan we've not been at all interested in over the past few years. It's difficult because it doesn't seem like casual fandom, that to me. I'm going to take the family to four games in the next 12 months. I've worked that out. It is uh, (laughs) 0.6 games per month. And it fits entirely with our budget, and therefore, oh, the bronze membership is is ideal. <laughs> the, the the ideal for casualness is to be able to just rock up at the ground at five to three and and pay a reasonable amount of money to on get in on a turnstile to stand on, on a turnstile. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Next to David Tay's with a photo of his granddad. I don't imagine his granddad's still <laughs> still living. <laughs> it's actually worth pointing out with the memberships that if you take the benefits in kind that you get from it. It all works out to be roughly the same price. Yeah, but you have to have one of the horrible shirts, though. That's true. I'm not we'll, sure. We'll, that we'll get onto that. I'm not sure me. they're worth. <laughs> well, first of all, season ticket prices, let's say. Better. M- much better. Still, maybe not perfect, but in this new era of uh, financial p- fair play and so on, was it as good as we could have hoped for? Mm. Yeah. It was a reduction. Novel. Was needed. Very novel. And, and just in- sensible things as well, like concessions all around the ground. So you can get pensioner tickets wherever, and it was just the way it was structured before was just stupid. You were it was, forcing. It was unnecessarily restrictive, wasn't it? Yeah, we were very limited on where Oddie could sit last year with his pensioner yeah. ticket. Whereas he's now he's in the West End with his blanket. <laughs> yeah, he can go anywhere now. I can't believe we managed to get through a whole podcast yesterday without once abusing you for your age. Because he's been, uh, sorry. It's because he's been bathing in coconut milk all uh, <laughs> in the months since the last one. He's looking incredibly fresh. It smells like a bounty. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, West Stand, people that want to go in the West Stand, the pensioners now can do and take younger kids in as well. Yeah. When Bates brought in all those stupid concession rules as well, it messed up the makeup of the ground because you got people in the cop because it was cheaper yeah. and they wouldn't pay a price. But then you got people in the cop who wanted to sit and not sing and well, people are swearing in it, just unhappy at where they were because they actually wanted to be in the East End where they'd been forever, but they were getting booted out because of... Yeah. Because it was £700. Yeah. <laughs> One thing you, you can still say about Leeds United is the cash flow didn't seem that great. So the, they obviously are a little bit, their, their hands are still tied by the way the club's been run for so long in that if they just dropped all the season ticket prices and the membership prices to what we'd all love them to be, there probably wouldn't be enough money coming in to keep the club going. So it's it's difficult. So I'm sure whoever had the calculator that on that morning when they finally worked it out, <laughs> Has done a plus a, a big chunk of that job. season ticket money is going to being tic- siphoned off somewhere yeah. else. Ticket yeah. is LLP. Sorry, ticket is two LLP. Mm. Uh, they're getting three point three million out of the gate receipts here, aren't they? And another three million from last year, which is obviously gone already. Have you um, possibly stumbled upon one of the reasons Salim has been pushed to one side? What? Because I know this information. Having <laughs> having, having freely given that information out <laughs> by accident. Possibly, possibly so. But yeah, anyway, 3.3 million going to Ticketus, which doesn't leave a great deal in mm. the pot, does it? And they've got the same problem with the uh, food concessions in that that's kind of, that's a contract. So it doesn't matter whether they sell one pie or a million pies. Well, is, I believe the same it, money. is it Compass pay a certain amount per year for the rights to do the catering and then they do a 40% profit share towards Leeds United? I didn't know there was a profit share. So let's I believe there is. It's, it's, I, I can't say with certainty, but I'd have to mm. look into it further. They're not getting the full value out of things like that and it's not their fault it's because of the way things were same with the uh, shirt sponsorships and things like that all that money was up front Look, yeah. luckily though it's all going to be 
covered off by the increased corporate revenue we've got from the East Stand boxes. I, I, I would yes, guess anyway. Because they're going to have I would think, 100 owners in each one. Yeah, <laughs> I would Yeah, I would think that'll all be covered by them. We're all right then, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I can't see us not making 20 million quid off that. So from a thoroughly sensible and well thought out decision, <laughs> a kit that has its split opinion or is it just bloody god awful, that home kit? It's split good taste. Personally... I think it's an absolutely disgusting piece of sportswear, but you know, it's a isn't Chelsea it, kit. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing what a difference two stripes can make to a kit? It's like two skid marks on the bed sheets. Because <laughs> <laughs> the precedent that you can point to is the fa- is the Asics hoop that was kind of the first. That, and I remember there being a big kind of intake of breath. Yeah, so it was, was pre-internet, <laughs> but. It was a minor thing on the shirt. You saw, but, but the thing is that, that that emulated the bar scarf, which has been a tradition of ours for years, you know, and it's run through football for years. And so you're like, okay, it's a bit of de- extra detail than we used to, but it's it makes sense. And it fitted in with the overall design. It it sat very nicely underneath the Thistle Hotel's um, sponsors logo, and um, it just and then the numbers on the back were rested above it. So it kind of it had been thought out, and also. As far as I'm aware, Asics didn't make any other kit like that. It was unique. They'd actually said, no, Leeds United, we've got to try and incorporate some jazz up a, a white shirt with a bit of yellow and blue. Not a bad solution. What Macron have given us is they've given us, it's a Napoli kit template with different colours. I've seen it compared to a tyre print. It also kind of looks like the players are wearing a particularly wide tie. Um, <laughs> it clashes completely with that ugly Enterprise insurance logo, which kind of looks like it's how I always imagined the Lassiter's logo looked on Neighbours with that that sort of chalk-drawn <laughs> E in a in a blue square. I can imagine it on the wall of like yeah. a really dingy, horrible 80s motel. It's quite a market is Lassiter's, by the way. I wonder if you're calling it that. Paul Robinson's I, some good stuff. I apologise to, to Lassiter's, but not to Enterprise. Not, and, not Paul Robinson, ex-Leeds player either. And then what's kind of made it worse is that they've lied about what it is. Retro, retro vertical stripe. All right, if it's retro, which part of our heritage and our previous kits is this harking back to? What is that supposed to? Oh, yeah, I remember the kit we had that looked like... <laughs> Hang on a minute. No. Retro for Napoli, maybe. And then we <laughs> for last borrowed season. it. <laughs> retro in the sense that it hasn't been seen for donkey's years for a bloody good reason. Well, no, I, I don't think any kits... Well, the only kit that it's comparable to as Michael said is that Chelsea away kit from a few years ago which is pretty much exactly the bloody thing exactly the bloody thing it's giving me a lisp is how how bad that bloody shirt is and it's just and then to add insult to injury we've seen some of the uh, training kit today Perfect. Looks absolutely it's fine. A white shirt. Well, they've done all right. Yeah. They've done all right. A with white the le- shirt. I think the- there's a little bit of yellow trim on the sleeve. The leisure yes. wear. The leisure wear is fine. I looked at it and I thought that's surprisingly all right. Speaking of ASICs, if you if you are lucky enough um, to ever see one, it'd probably be a fine investment. But they did do a training top around the time of I can't remember if it was the season of the hoop shirt or the the what was actually a retro shirt with the the thick ring collar that your boy wore with excellent effect, and it was just a white T-shirt, like a Fruit of the Loom T-shirt, but made by ASICs, with badge, ASICs logo, Thistle Hotel, and nothing else. Perfect. Well, I was going to say, actually, the shirt itself, blue collar, mm. plain white, no like detail in the shirt. It was just plain white, bit of blue piping on the shorts with the, the band as well. That was it. Yes. It's all you needed. Understated. Stylish. Anyway, you know the the um the gold that's running through as a theme in the gold, gold. Yeah, that's going to be the color of the away kit. I suspect. You suspect, or you've been told. I've been told, and I suspect. <laughs> you've been told by a suspect. <laughs> it's it's a tone. It's a. They, they described it on the site today as tonal gold. Apparently thought of because it goes well with jeans. What what are your thoughts on that? Designing a kit that goes well with jeans. Well, yeah, I don't really care. Have we finally got rid of the black one this year? Yes. Is that, have we seen the back of that? Now? Yes. The, that's the that. one thing that's uh, worrying me with what they've shown on some of the training kit is they've inversed the blue and yellow of the, or the, the blue and white of the LUFC in the middle of the badge. Mm. They've not, the rest of it's still the right colours, but that's been turned round. And I believe, um, Faxman raised this with them, said, why have you done this? And they were like, well, it's to fit in better with the overall theme of the uh, the shirt schemes colouring. And it's not a new thing. We, we've done it already on the black kit, um, which looked 
fucking terrible to my mind. With this yes. idea already. Yes. So I don't know why you're <laughs> moaning now was basically the response. I hate it when they do that. I mean, I'm not a big fan of that badge anyway, but don't start just fucking with the colours. A badge is a badge. That's what it is. It stands as it is. Mm. The colours of it do not change. As far as I stand, you just, whatever coloured shirt, there's just no need for it to be, no. for it to change. And it's certainly not day glow. So that was a retro one because you remember in uh, Don Reeves' first season when we all played in uh, fluorescent polyester. <laughs> <laughs> you remember, don't you? Yeah, yeah, the, with the glow sticks. Yeah, but, uh, Bob, yeah, Bobby Collins. He had um, adamant face paint on. Coming up. All right, then, final part of this mammoth double thickness uh, podcast. And let's try and inject some joy and energy into this final part. Pre-season, that's always a time for excitement and great optimism. I can't wait. I'm not going. We are visiting, uh, well, we're taking the long trip to Farsley. (laughs) It's not long for you. You live in Bradford. And I know Farsley's uh, technically not in Bradford, but if you're listening in Farsley, I don't like Farsley. Since they tried that FC Leeds business, do you you want me to rant about them now or should we wait until we've done all the... So we're playing Farsley away. FC Leeds, indeed. Saturday the 6th of July. And then we've got um, three games in Slovenia, which should be a good adventure. Two of them against TBC. They're mm. going to be tired at the end of that, aren't they? It's a good job it's not TLC. Man down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know who we're playing yet. But anyway, if, you, if you're off to Slovenia, that would be a good trip. A beery trip, I would imagine. I picked a poor summer to have children. <laughs> I'd have loved to have gone on that trip. I like the fact that we don't know who we're playing before we're going. And I really hope that we come back not knowing who we played. <laughs> <laughs> Like we know, we know there was FC. It was FC Domzal in the middle. We know that because we were at their ground, but we went to some other other ground. And I don't know where they were. It's big like, lads, though. Big lads. That's what you're doing summer holidays, isn't it? Go to the park with a ball, get a game going. Yeah, I think that's essentially the plan. It'd be great if it was a Leeds. The, the third one just fell through, and it's Leeds versus Leeds reserves <laughs> in Slovenia. Leeds fans, Slovenia, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Leeds versus yeah. the fans Skins would be pretty shirts. amazing. Her- horrendous sunburn. Can you imagine if they actually let? The Leeds players play the Leeds fans on the pre-season tip, trip. How many? Do you, they'd basically just be trying to break brownies legs yeah. from the start to finish. <laughs> I've suggested a similar thing before. For um, When England plays San Marino, they should, the England fans who travel away to yeah. silly places put all the names in a hat and you can get drawn out for to play in San Marino. Just yeah. a fullback or something. Yeah. Would be worse. Exactly. It doesn't make any difference, does it? Put you in net then. Put yeah. Goals. Give them a cap. But I've been interested anybody going, I presume not with, obviously you're having babies, you've yeah. got kids... I can't go. I'm not allowed out of the country. <laughs> After the whole Becchio thing. Good games, though. I, I would be pleased with that That's uh, if I was going. Yeah. I'd think, mm, better than Ireland. 50p a pint rather than five quid. Lovely. We are, we are going to do uh, Shelbourne, aren't we? We're playing uh, them at Tolka Park, but it'll be a Leeds United 11, not... Um, mm. I fancy that one. Necessarily first team. Never had a bad experience going to Shelbourne, which I've been a few times. Always a good one. Just been there and getting drunk, really. You do that at home. Not anymore. Not anymore. Children put a stop to that. They drink all your booze before you get to it. Well, it keeps them quiet, doesn't it? And then uh, we play uh, Walsall on our return from Slovenia uh, at the Banks' Stadium, where I've been. I remember going to the FA Cup game there, was it? Sometime in the 90s? Well, been more recently than that, sadly. Yeah, I also went to a corporate team building thing there. It was it was a very low rent affair. Yeah. It was the most the most cooked vegetable I've ever eaten. You know, you put it in your mouth and it, it actually just disappears <laughs> upon contact with your mouth. Yeah, not very good. What vegetable was it? It was cauliflower. Oh, even yeah, worse. Even just, worse. Yeah, just disintegrated. Well, there you go. Don't get the cauliflower if you go into that pre-season <laughs> match. That's all we can say. Warsaw was the uh, the venue for that um, woman falling off the uh, the hoarding. Oh, yeah. They made it onto, uh, yeah. was, was quite a popular one on YouTube. I believe it went viral, whereas she made a full recovery. That's when we got X amount of tickets for behind the goal, and they said you can pay on the night. And they ended up having the whole of one length. Yeah. The stand, it was full as well. You can have half the ground, yeah. 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 And there was still only like 4,000 in, in the ground. Then after that, the Tuesday, the 23rd, we play Stevenage at the fantastically named Lamex, Lamex Stadium. Robbie Int- Rogers Arena. Yes, they should rename it in his honour. Is he going to play one half for Leeds, one half for Stevenage? As a kind of testimonial. Do you think, this, do you think this is part of the uh, loan deal? Do you think it was Robbie Rogers and a pre-season friendly? Yeah, Probably. Mm. They didn't. They probably didn't get their full value out of well, Robbie. Well, although the the coffee shops and uh, and galleries certainly did. If only you had to develop Instagram photographs, the local uh, chemists would have made a fortune. I guess we owe them. We owe them one. Yeah, I've just looked up what uh, Lamex or Lamex is, and it's not a condom manufacturer. They uh, they actually they're a food group. It's it's one of the world's largest privately owned 
frozen and chilled food importers and exporters. Possibly cauliflower. Well, there could lie the answer. Yeah. There could lie the answer to your problem. Don't say you never learn anything on this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to, if they weren't privately owned, I'd buy shares in them right now. Instead, I'll just have to buy some more in GFH capital. Yeah. And then, um, as we mentioned in the first half of this podcast yesterday, we've got Nuremberg um, at Ellen Road on Saturday, the 27th of July, the customary final home friendly. Some trialists playing. Uh, no, no. Uh, hey, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You thought about that overnight, didn't you? First thing I thought when I it's been been in there, waiting a, to come out. A few people have kind of turned their noses up at this and gone, and it's so distinctly unglamorous. But I'm actually looking forward to this. I like playing a random sort of German team. Who would even have predicted of all the German teams we could have been playing? It would be Nuremberg. It's got and an intertoto cup feel to it. It has somehow. got an intertoto cup. Anglo-Italian, you mean? And, um, oh, it's German. German. Anglo-German. And it's got a little bit of... Uh, um... Well, I still got the way. <laughs> <laughs> Same difference. So, Nuremberg, will you be attending? Yeah, maybe. You, you might not be, though. You, you'll be a new Where parent at this point, what, won't you? Yeah. What day is it? It's a Saturday. Saturday the 27th of July. Oh, Christ, no chance. <laughs> yeah. That will tie in with the uh, Leeds United Fun Day, no doubt, which will be on the Sunday, which is the usual Phoenix Knights-esque fun park in the car park. Some scaffolding, yeah. poorly clad in, <laughs> pipe blagging, <laughs> spray paint facing. I remember us having this conversation last year though about the uh, Shrewsbury game for the League Cup, where I think it was at the morning of the game when me and Michael decided, ah, you know what, nothing better. Nice do. day, so it. Let's go. And then as we were driving down, we heard that El Hadjouf had been given the number twenty-one shirt, and there was a moment where I think Michael just put the handbrake on on the M six two one, and the. Uh, in our little oasis of calm, we had a little discussion. Said, "Do we do want to do this? It's your boy's shirt. How had you? Not into it. Nothing better to do. But it's more entertaining, is it? Is it more entertaining than Shrewsbury? I don't know. Well, they've listen, got better, eight, they'll listen, have better names. Eighteen and a half thousand turned up to that Shrewsbury game at the start of last season, which That's, is quite a feat when you put into context that only twenty-one and a half thousand was our average attendance by eight, the end of the season. It shows half, the optimism that could be there. Eighteen and a half thousand very, very quickly disappears. Eighteen and a half thousand people with nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah. First game back as well, you you You're desperate. You're desperate, aren't you? You had a summer of doing nothing. The Ken Bates villain of the fortnight. It's customary as well for us to uh, do the Ken Bates villain of the fortnight. Obviously, it's been three months since we podcasted, so let's just do a Ken Bates villain of the season. Um, Ken, President Ken, obviously needs to take a nomination. He's not my president, but he does get a nomination for having the cheek and the goal and everything he did over the season, all the um, Daily Mail stories and the just being generally him. I don't. Yeah, can you hate somebody for being themselves? Think yes. if it's a yep. if it's a particularly unpleasant ex-wife, yes, and or particularly unpleasant ex-chairman and current president. Uh, so Ken's nomination is for being Ken. Um, anyone else that we could uh, possibly throw into the mix here? I, 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 there's a, a name on the tip of my tongue, called Colin. Um, well, before we get, I mean, Michael Brown. Yeah, Michael Brown. He may he may be pretty miserable mm-hmm. over the course of the season. Tom Lee's obviously. Because everything was his fault. That's so, true, yeah. Given that he was to blame for most of what went wrong last season, I think he, he needs to be in the running. As you say, there is one obvious candidate who, uh, since we recorded the last podcast yesterday, has got a book out. So that's another thing to, if you, if you want to know why Neil Warnock is getting nominated for Square Ball Villain of the Season, listen to what we put out on the podcast yesterday and then just add all the bits from his book about his time at Leeds. And it all kind of hangs together quite well. For the benefit of anybody who hasn't yet seen these screen grabs that are doing the rounds on Twitter or have made it onto the forums, what's the general thrust of what he said? None Nothing's of it... my fault. Everything is somebody else's fault. Yeah. Um, what annoyed me most about it, I mean, he's got his things about um, Becchio wanting away and McCormack. And it's not just that he kind of, there may be some truth in it. Well, there's probably, it probably is true that him and McCormack had a, a, an argument about him not going to Ipswich or not playing at Ipswich um, and Juve not going at all. But the way he writes it is it's such a passive-aggressive Neil Warnock way of doing it because he talks about the argument and then he says that for the Derby game, because um, when he came off the bench, uh, which must have wound him up even more, he was motivated enough to score. It was his fourth league goal of the season. Four goals, that's all he did. Four, four goals. And it's just that kind of like, see, maybe if I dropped him more often, he might have scored more than four and goals. And he also took uh, responsibility for getting McCormack a new three-year deal. 
Yes, that on was top all of money. So you, so you got him a three-year deal, and then what? He's got four goals. <laughs> Poor decision. And then his stuff about Becchio, it seems that um, Becchio, as people suspected, was saying, look, I'm 29, I'm being offered people want to treble my wages. I'm 29. And this is crap. Someone going to do that for me? Well, and so he says uh, it was clear by early December that he wanted to go before the Chelsea game when he scored and kissed the badge. Just getting that little horrible <laughs> little dig in there. It's just, it's like the ranting so far of a horrible, spoilt child. There's a, there's a real lack of self-awareness in it as well. The bit where he's going on about... Um, the atmosphere around the whole club. I came in and no one was waving at me. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, no, Neil, they weren't, were they? <laughs> well, that's it. You Think know. about it, Neil. Think what, about what's it. the common factor in this? When you, when, did you get the feeling when you walked into a room, people had been laughing until that point? <laughs> he got suddenly The music stops. <laughs> Were a, you in the slaughtered lamb? <laughs> American werewolf? Yeah, yeah, he has a big go at everybody at the academy as well, which he basically says that there was um, the attitude of the academy towards the first team is them and us. He said it was like a cancer in the club, which is a little strong. If we lost, they'd be waving at us through the windows. It made me think they didn't want us to succeed because the club might then bring in better people to take their jobs. We no, took- Neil, that was the other way around. The academy was doing well. The person who was having, who was having their job taken by someone better was you. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has um, hit on... It's quite interesting what it says about Gwyn Williams, who we've all wondered. This was um, a... a- I support him on this point. Yeah, we've all wondered what Gwyn Williams does. So you're a wanker on everything, <laughs> apart from the bits that we agree with. Well, he yeah. says um, he says Gwyn is obviously inf- influential. He's been Ken Bates's eyes and ears since 1991 at Chelsea, but I never did work out just what his role was. Now, we've never been able to work out just what his, his role, role <laughs> is, <laughs> other than snitch. But surely, if you're manager of the football club, uh, isn't it like part of your remit to say, the snitch. I do get the feeling that What's Williams his is, just, role? is just untouchable. He's just well, the, he just does what he does. But I've been there long enough that. But this book is called The Gaffer. Harry Redknapp says in the introduction that it's everything you need to know about football management. So if the Gaffer couldn't take on the snitch, then I perhaps I should be reading the snitch's book. Just, just saying, you know, four goals. It's all he scored. Four, four. <laughs> Never mind that. I think he was something like, didn't he get ten assists and was like one of the top assist makers in the uh, in the championship? But, but four goals and a big tantrum. And well, four goals. And bear in mind, he was not played up front for yeah. a and, huge amount. Of and the when time. he was, it was getting pinged at his head. Yeah. And it, it seems like a lot of it came down to um, it was the Ipswich game. Since we brought it out, when he he didn't take juice to Ipswich because basically he's too old and earns too much money. He's not even that old. He's, he's a lot younger than Michael Brown, who he takes everywhere. And, <laughs> and he also took to Ipswich. Who did, it was that um, Chris Dawson. Nickel Chris Dawson, who should have been celebrating with his chums winning the under-18s league. Yeah, having some fruit shoots. And- yeah. And had to sit on the bench at Ipswich. Unused, wasn't he? he was unused, yes. yeah. The day they won the league and he took him off to Ipswich and... But no, Jufi will have to stay back and apparently Jufi rec- Neil Warnock reckons was winding Ross McCormack up by saying he's going to spend all day in the bath <laughs> presumably surrounded by whores <laughs> while McCormack well, McCormack had to go all the way down to Ipswich to looking after little Chrissy Dawson anyway to wrap up the Ken Bates villain of the season let's put Williams in that his name can go in as well for his continued presence and okay he may be a villain of the decade <laughs> we finally find Come, out what he's been doing coming up on the rails alright then so we've got Ken Bates for being Ken Bates mm-hmm. um, Michael Brown for just being like a bad smell really yeah uh, Tom Lees because obviously everything's his fault mm-hmm. uh, Wynne Williams uh, perhaps outside Villainous. candidate for just being Villainy. a snitchy villain and the man who we've just spoken about for about 10 minutes on the bounce and devoted a great deal of yesterday's podcast to... It's amazing how we perk up whenever his name is mentioned. <laughs> Neil Warnock. And another bloody thing. Uh, gents, who would you like to give the Ken Bates Villain of the Season award to? A person who has contributed to our ongoing misery as Leeds United fans. Tom Lees. <laughs> a man without eyebrows. That's why I'd like to give it to That's what him and Paddy Kenny have in common. It's It's got to be Colin, hasn't it? There's yes. no two ways about it. The man who... Okay, maybe he's working with his hands tied a bit, but the book sheds There's enough no light There's no need to love yourself as much as he does, though. He, he ruins In, in everything season. he says, it's always like, yeah, but I mean, I am doing, I am good. And it was, uh, it would have been a success if yeah. it was up to me. Yeah. No, the promotions I've won. It's other people who have ruined it for me. For him. Whereas it's him that's ruined it for us. Yeah. So congratulations, Colin. Let's give him the slow hand clap I think this deserves. Fuck that. <laughs> at least he won something this year. That's true. 
Yeah. Can't fault their efforts. He actually does say in the autobiography, does, can't, can't, <laughs> can't fault the lads. Yeah, in another bit, an unconnect- it was on the top of a page, but was um, was unconnected to his time at Leeds. But when he starts trying to take credit for Victor Moses being a good player, he's saying, I thought he did really well, and it was it was good to see him finally doing all those things I told him to at Palace. <laughs> you think, fuck off. What have you ever added to a footballer? If you, unless you unless you saw him leather a ball at someone's head, then you, I, I imagine you didn't teach him it. He did a 12-month contract for Michael Brown. Have you got the quote there? Sam? I have got the actual quote. Um, it just begins at the top of the page. One consolation, <laughs> I don't know, consolation for him, if not for us. Uh, one consolation was, uh, one consolation was uh, seeing a uh, little, uh, little vi- Victor Moses. Uh, you know, he, he, he parts the defences, does, uh, does, does Moses. Like, uh, they found him. I found him in a basket, actually, at uh, outside Salah's farm. Uh, um Seeing uh, Victor Moses uh, playing, playing, playing so well, playing so, so well, and and working, working so hard too. Uh, all those things I had told him at Crystal Palace had finally sunk in. It, it's such a pity that uh, England did not make more of an effort to persuade him to play for us because he, he, he's going to be a, a a hell of a player, and it'll uh, it'll all be down to me. I'm sure he's learnt nothing from being at Chelsea. I think this might be the most tantalising thing about the book, actually, is that Victor Moses, top of the page, and what must have been on the page before, and it's going to make me buy the whole thing, even though I don't want it, is at the bottom of one page, after he's ranting about how uh, Gwyn didn't come to see me when I left, Neil Redfern didn't come to see me when I left, the only one I saw was Richard Naylor, boo-hoo-hoo, he's the only one to say goodbye, he's a good pro. Uh, yeah, but uh, he had the courage to come and say goodbye to me, and then two lines at the bottom of the page, beginning the next section, uh, back in Cornwall, I uh, unpacked the boxes I brought from Leeds, fed the chickens, comma, and then and then it ends. What did he do next? <laughs> <laughs> Any other business? And finally, then to wrap up this podcast uh, before we sign off for the remainder of the summer, uh, we will be back. By the way, uh, for the new season, all <laughs> oh, being well, oh, um, are we going to attempt some regularity? We next will. Season? We will. We, uh, let, let's promise this now. We hey, need no, to tell, tell, you, tell you about our fanzine, which will return again for the new season. Another 10 issues next season of joy, happiness, looking That's, more beautiful than it did before. Whenever you, uh, if ever we do fail at getting the podcast out regularly, just go and buy a magazine back issue. They're only a quid and it might sort of encourage us to come come back in. The magazine might keep coming out. Without we fail. Without fail. We didn't miss a single We deadline. very nearly did miss a couple of issues, but, but enough of that. Thank you to our printers, yes. yes. We do have to say thank Very you. Very understanding. PPS Grasmere. Uh, we'll be back doing the the, uh, the fanzine in August. Look out for it. And keep an eye out for subscriptions as well. They will be on sale on the website. Look at the squareball.net. And we're still keeping them. Um, the blog is going to be firing up into action on the website with some new some new writing staff. New and exciting content, indeed. Yeah, and if, and if you're bored once a week, Fridays, thecitytalking.com slash sport is me um, rambling on about how not much has happened for the previous week. That's the square ball week, isn't it? it? Is Our little column, week. your column on the city talking. Very good. Okay, well, I think that's us done then for, for now, isn't it? For this season. It's been quite a short season podcast-wise, for which we hugely apologise. But we will be better next year, just like our football team. And on the plus side, nothing memorable has really happened, has it? No, exactly. It wasn't <laughs> not, that we missed a promotion. Missed, yeah, we've not missed talking about much, have we? Well, it has to be said, I, I looked at our iTunes reviews um, in a moment of vanity a little bit earlier on. Just I, to, well, I do exactly the same thing. Yeah, and the last review says, much like the team, these lads clearly couldn't be arsed towards the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> three stars. Oh, that's not a three stars is all right, considering we actually hadn't recorded any. <laughs> So yeah, thank you for that. Well, they know us so well. Basically, what you've missed out on is how how many do you think we missed? Ten, just ten hours of us slagging off Neil Warnock. So yeah, just- well, you definitely missed towards the end of the season us talking about beating Millwall, mm. draw at Leicester, draw at Palace, draw at Peterborough, losing to Huddersfield, losing to Ipswich, losing to Derby, losing to Charlton. None of that was going to be fun to listen to. It's probably it? bad enough that you had to watch those games, let alone listen to us, then relive the the horror. It's better if that whole section. It's yeah. better that we covered it in two hours rather than ten. Yes. The Warnock yeah. end days. We did you a favour. We value your time. We didn't want to take up too much of it. We care about our listeners. Of course we do. The Caring Sharing Podcast. Listen, we've got to sign off. Uh, we will be back in August. We look forward to speaking to you then. Bye from me. My name's Dan. Bye from Michael. Bye-bye. And Moscow White. Goodbye. And Oddie. Bye-bye. Enjoy the summer if it's that's all possible as a Leeds fan. We look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 